All right. We're talking about masks today. <laughs> the mask. I have to admit, Gabe, when you first brought up mask, I was like, I kind of, I don't know. I kind of snickered at you in my head. Like, really? Like, what is, what is this about? <laughs> and I still kind of do. Cause I, I think it's an interesting term for something that's actually pretty deep, but what was your initial reaction, Ron, to the idea of masks? Yeah, the same. I mean, I think my first thought was, you know, are we going to talk about the, the movie with Jim Carrey? And that's what, <laughs> that's what most people think of. <laughs> but there's, yeah, the, the further you got into it and explained it, the more, actually, if I'm honest, the more worried I got. So I was like, oh man, this is going to be really hard <laughs> and I'm going to have to share a lot and be super honest yeah. with this group. And again, it's not a one one and done with yeah. that like it's a daily and weekly process of going all right gotta show up yeah. be fully present and and be fully you know alive and myself and share this and be honest and yeah. trust these guys yeah know? you recommended a book to us at that point called the cure mm -hmm. which i don't know if everyone will always hear about that but that was really helpful for me and kind of understanding this concept more yeah. i'm curious how you like how do you define what is what is the mask what is that idea in general yeah i mean i think it's first of all the cure like double foot stomp that and i think we'll provide in the show notes um lots of resources um because there's you know none of this is original in the sense that there's a lot of you know there's a, a tradition of thought in in all the things that we're talking about this is just our way of of talking about these things mm -hmm. but i think when we, we talk about the mask i mean i really go back to you know, the, the story of evil and the story of human rebellion. And that like, when we rebelled against God, uh, we hid, like that was the first response to it was we felt shame. And so, so we hid because we felt ashamed. Right. And I made, a, I made a statement in the last episode that like Adam and Eve hid because of their shame and we've been hiding ever since. And so then that begs the question, like, how are we hiding? Like we're not hiding in a, in a grove covering ourselves with fig leaves, which by the way, that's what they did. They tried to cover their shame, but they did it with a fig leaf, which is sort of this like ridiculous <laughs> yeah. image, actually. Like it doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, I was taught early on, like fun and laughing is not part of God's design. And I'm like. BS because the fig leaf is actually like <laughs> hilarious when you yeah. think about it. When yeah, you think like, about the whole idea of it, it's like a stand up bit. And it's like probably scratchy and itches. <laughs> and like it's weird. Uncomfortable. Yeah. It's weird. Very uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, but you know, you 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 think about that and like so they they tried to cover their shame um with something that couldn't possibly sufficiently cover. Um, what they were trying to hide. Um, and so we're still doing that. And so this concept of a mask is, is, you know, what, what are the particular ways um, in, in which we are still hiding because we're ashamed. And so there's two ways to, to think about this. And so when we do this exercise in the groups, we actually like make paper plate mask. Uh -huh. And there's an exercise that we, you know, on the, on the front side, we write what we're trying to project to the world. Like we're trying to present something to the world um, as we go about our life. And on the inside of the mask, we write words about well, what is it we're trying to cover and we're, and we're trying to hide. And so just, you know, for example, and there's like, it's very specific and particular mm -hmm. and unique to each person, but 
you know, that we may be presenting, um, like bravado, like this, this, a mask could be that, you know, I I've, I'm confident I've got life figured out. I I know everything about Mm -hmm. everything. And so that's like how, and we all know people like that's how they present and show up in the world. But most of the time that is covering something that that person's uh, ashamed of yeah. and in mm-hmm. hiding. And so they may be covering their own sense of inadequacy, um, their own sense that they're not enough. Yeah. Um, that's all tied back to their story. Things that have happened to them um, where they were, they were, you know, taught to believe lies. And so now they're hiding and, and that's what we mean by mask. Yeah. I don't know if you guys want to share any, I was, I wrote down a couple, I'm still working on this. Like I'm still not quite sure all the masks I have. I, it's one of the things about them. They're so deceitful. It like took me a while to uncover what, yeah. what they were. Cause they're just so have become such mm-hmm. a part of your way of being. But I think so far I've recognized a couple. One is uh, the mask of, I don't need anything. Yeah. And it's, it's a weird one that I still haven't wrapped my head around, but I think I've, I've got this mask of like, Oh, I don't need anything. I'm good. I take care of everyone else kind of thing. And to the point of the mask, like, well, then what that happens is then people get to know that Steve. So they never get to know the real Steve, Um, which I've started realizing now, like, oh, yeah, oftentimes my needs don't get met by others. Mm -hmm. And I can't blame it on them. It's because I didn't even let Mm -hmm. them see the need was there. Mm -hmm. Um, But another one I uncovered from earlier on that's kind of interesting and looking at my full story is the mask of like, Oh, I'm cool. I'm not quirky. It's like, no, I'm totally quirky and nerdy. (laughs) That's and coming to embrace that more in adulthood Mm -hmm. is actually fun and freeing. I think for so many years growing up, probably like a lot of kids, like the middle school experience, Mm -hmm. basically it's like, Oh, I'm cool. And trying to like fit in to something Mm -hmm. I'm not, which I think had psychological and heart level impacts that are definitely still messing with me today. Yeah. You talked a little bit about how hard it is to, you know, figure out your mask. And I Mm -hmm. think that's definitely been true for me. Like it is a, it's a work that could take months and years, you know, to really fully uncover uh, what am I trying to hide and what am I projecting? Um, One of the tools that I used um, is asking those close to me, you know? Um, And I think that's given, interesting results but in particular asking my wife like hey Lindsay, tell me what are things that that you see that i project to the world and then tying those back to okay is that actually tied somewhere in my story am i trying to cover something um, where i'm I'm ashamed or i lack identity in jesus and i'm trying to find it in something else Um, and so for me i mean one of mine is um, i'm only loved if i do you know, and so I have to do things in order to earn love. And if I don't do things that I'm unlovable, which is, you know, such a lie, but that's so hard to really break free from. And it takes a long time and a lot of truth and being covered by other people to be reminded like, no, I am loved, you know, hmm. by Jesus as I am. And I don't need to do anything in order to show up. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that, man. Yeah. No, it's powerful. I mean, when you're able to name with that level of detail, I mean, that's that's where you really start to get at the transformative work of the heart that we're all after. Um, and and we do need to like name those things with each other so that like we can 
call each other out on on that because you know i think we we all get triggered right like that's a, a concept we've talked a lot about too is uh you know that um we have particular lies that we believe that are based on particular ways that we've been wounded in our in our story and so we're hiding we're hiding because we've been wounded and we're, because we believe these lies um and then what happens is inadvertently in relationships you know we've got gaping wounds and we we press on each other just a little bit it's just it's not a and, and it's not intentional like i'm not trying to hurt you run but in a conversation i touch on on that mm -hmm. on that woundedness that says you're only valuable if you perform mm -hmm. and you, you like you didn't do a good job and you know then the feeling is outsized right then i feel mm, right. this enormous pain that like is not congruent with like what was actually being done to me mm -hmm. but that's the way like we do things in relationships mm -hmm. yeah which is why it's so important to be curious about people yeah you know and hey if all of a sudden like you get an emotional response from somebody in your group or somebody you're close to in a relationship that seems out outsized from the comment or whatever like i think it's an opportunity to really be curious of hey what what is this hitting on yes um and really unpacking that mystery that is the person not trying to solve it but just being curious and uncovering that with them that's right and that goes back to recognizing emotion right because emotion is is what we experience like when we when we're when we experience pain because somebody touches on a woundedness touches on something that we're trying to hide and cover up and is that then we feel um but if we don't if we don't have adequate language to describe how we actually feel what we tend to do is name um like only primary emotions which ron you named it in one of the previous episodes of uh we've for guys often we'll just feel anger you know and i'm just angry but i couldn't tell you why because i haven't really been introspective enough to know like what's really going what what really happened there which is super unhelpful yeah yeah one of the phrases that um that i've begun to use is when i feel those things and feel like i've been hurt or attacked by someone else is to go back to them and say hey the story i'm telling myself is mm. blank and then be able to name some of the things that I felt that they uh, may have said, but this is the way I received it. So, so, so often there's that disconnect in communication, right? Where you're like, I didn't mean that at all, mm -hmm. but that's the way you heard it. But unless you can actually name those things, yeah. you know, from the receiver, like this is, this is a story I'm telling myself is that, you know, I'm not valued because you told me I did a bad job. Well, all of a sudden you're going, man, I didn't, that's not what I meant at all. Yeah. Like I just wanted you to, you know, hear this feedback or whatever. And it's an opportunity to really reconcile a relationship in a way that's healthy as opposed to, well, I'm going to cancel that person or write them off or all of a sudden, you know, that relationship strained or broken. Um, and in culture, I mean, that's what you see most often. That's right. Yeah. We move to control each other instead of really just paying attention to our own story and our own heart, our own woundedness, our own mask right. and so it's really true that that the degree to which we've processed our own story really drives and dictates uh the level yeah. of maturity that we can have in our relationships as well yeah an area that strikes me to be aware of as a leader in a group is this whole concept we talked about of curiosity and listening and questions is um the idea of being curious for someone like on their behalf 
versus for yourself. And so like Ron, the example you gave is a great example of true curiosity that lets it, uh, lets us uncover the mystery or like lay what's there on the mm-hmm. table. And what can happen even with good intentions is like, Gabe, you share how you're doing today and I'm trying to be curious, or maybe a mask shows up and I'm trying to be curious, but really what I'm doing is trying to get, collect information in order to diagnose you. Mm-hmm. And some people are just wired for that. And so it's, it's fine. Like that's, that's how you are, but just to be aware of it, especially in the groups that you want to be curious almost as if you're like stepping in on their behalf to help them like discover for themselves. Mm-hmm. There's no agenda to your curiosity. Um, because it can be easy to slip into like, well, I'm asking questions, but really I'm just like collecting data points to then like give you a diagnosis. And even if I don't give you the diagnosis on the receiving end, you still feel if that's the direction someone's headed and it almost makes it worse. Um, Mm -hmm. so to, to try as much as you can to just be like, drop the agenda and just be truly curious. I think that mode of the group is so important. Mm -hmm. That's, that's so right. Cause it's a, it's like a personal pet peeve of mine is like when somebody's asking questions because they need to ask them, not because yeah. it's actually helpful, helpful. for you. Yes. you know? Yeah. And so I think that's, a, that is a great point to pay attention to, especially in leadership that, and that goes back to the consuming thing, right? Like we're not, I'm not asking questions because I need it, which is a form of consuming and using Instead, it's like, how can I serve you yeah. through my curiosity? It's a, such a nuanced thing, but has a big impact. And when we're talking about masks and triggers. It's like, these are sensitive areas that go back right. maybe your whole life. So we have to be careful of that nuance. And that's a skill set, I'll say, that takes time to develop. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, um, not to get us too far down this curiosity road, but I do think it's important to name like, hey, there's some questions that... Um, that should be asked that are going to take a long time for you to actually figure out what's the best question to help this person uncover their own mystery, right? right. Because they don't know. And so, you know, getting at deep desires, getting at fears, um, just helping people unpack things in a new way. Um, You're not there as a reporter interrogating Mm -hmm. them, you know, but you're just helping them peel back the layers. Um, And that takes a lot of time and a lot of practice. It does. It's It's a long effort in the same direction this work of disciple making. It's not, it's not something quick that we can manufacture. And that's why we're committed to journey for a longer season uh, with, with each other. Ron, I'm curious, like when you think about being in a group and, you know, leading a group, um, once we enter into this work of the mask and people are naming what their mask is, but and this happens, I mean, this happened recently you know, there was something recently in our work together where you, you came to me and you said, hey, I, like you're making this decision and it looks an awful lot like, you know, your mask. And I got to <laughs> ask you, like, are you doing the right thing mm-hmm. or are you doing this because like that's part of the way you cover and hide mm-hmm. and pose your way through the world? And I really appreciated that because mm-hmm. I felt incredibly seen in that moment. And it was the right question in the mm-hmm. right moment. Um, so. What have you learned about that work of calling people out Mm, in their mask? Well, I think first and foremost, it starts with relationship. You know, like I think, like Steve, you said earlier, you're you're in a high trust world when you're talking about these things and really being honest and and you're being trusted with a lot, you know, Um, and I think treating people like a 
I think you say, I don't, I can't remember the terminology, but it's like, you know, a glass sculpture or something Mm -hmm. that you're holding and not being just all willy nilly with it and tossing Mm -hmm. it around, but man, treating it like it is precious because this is a person that was creating God's image. Um, So first, you know, not just being flippant about those things that they're sharing and in particular their mask. um, But that happens within the context of relationship, you know, and you can only go so far as your relationship has carried you and the trust that you've built. So like you said, these groups are existing. They've been um, hopefully at this point, you know, six months in and you guys are beginning to unpack um, even more of your own story and this exercise called the mask. Um, So it starts there. And when you have that trust and guys are sharing, hey, this is what I'm this is what I'm showing up as. This is what I'm uh, covering and, and hiding from. Um, then I think it's about trusting your your guys on your right and left to, to actually speak into that. And so, you know, when you a- answer the question, how are you doing? And all of a sudden you hear like, oh, that sounds an awful lot like their mask. I think just asking that question like, hey, this is what I'm hearing you say. Are you, in fact, showing up in this way? And that's one of those questions I was talking about earlier that's so powerful because a lot of times we don't even see it ourselves. Yeah. And something I think we did a little of this together that helps too is, um, especially as a leader, have people uh, give each other permission to go there. So let's say we're in a group and we just shared our masks with each other and I'm leading it. I might say, all right, so if if you're open to, to the other guys kind of, helping you identify when this is happening, like give give us permission, like verbally actually say, and I might start it and be like, I, I give you guys permission to call mm-hmm. me when on it, when you see my mask showing up. Cause then, then you feel more okay going there when it happens versus that, that moment of, Oh gosh, is, is this okay to say, am I going to be like triggering them or mm-hmm. making, you know, am I allowed to go there? I think that permission giving helps too. Yeah. I'll say too, I mean, I just think that's that's really the essence of these groups, right? Iron Collective, Iron Sharpening Iron. I mean, this that's is right. where this group really reaches like what it's designed to be is when you can speak into another's life in a way it's going to sharpen them, help them see themselves clear, um, help them name lies that they're believing. I mean, all of that happens, you know, through this mask exercise. And that's really the accountability that we all need as believers. Um, because if we, if we live our lives in isolation and never have those mirrors that show us, um, you know, ways we're showing up, um, in an unhealthy way, mm-hmm. then, um, we're deceiving ourselves. That's right. Yeah. It's such an important work. I, I think I've shared before that for me, like, you know, there's, there's places where we are tempted to wear a mask more than other places. Uh, and of course the, you know, as a pastor, one of the hardest places for me is church. Yeah. I just want to name that and in, yeah. in this setting, because I think the church can be a place that can be destructive in that way. Is that like it's just because we're there's so much expectation to present yourself in a certain way that like I remember when I first went into the ministry, uh Madeline, our, our daughter had just been born. So we had a, a newborn baby and we just moved to a new city and life was a mess, yeah. right? Like it was, it was not easy. And I remember showing up to church and like, we would often have like the worst argument of our whole week 
right. on the, on way, the way to church because yeah. we had a, we lived yep. like 35, 40 minutes from church. And so we had to like get this baby out of bed and like go to like basically all day church. And it was just always a disaster. Uh-huh. And I remember like, but you would have like, you would be fighting and then you cl- like open the doors and then like, it was like immediately and I didn't have this language back then, but the mask went on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I'm all of a sudden the guy that's got it together. There's nothing wrong. And then people are like, hey, back to our question. <laughs> how are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm great. great. 30 times yeah. in a row. I'm yeah. so You're great. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You can always tell when the mask is up when someone's voice goes, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's interesting because I think younger generations are doing a lot better with this mm-hmm. and authenticity is more of a given yeah. or an expectation. Cause yeah, there is a sense of in the workplace it's harder, but also there needs to be some amount of, right. of, you know, I don't know where the balance is, but I've seen also people now go to the other extreme where it's all, especially online. It's just all about like, just air everything and be real. Right. And it's like, well, there's also a healthy amount of, um, masking is not the right word, but there's a, there's a healthy balance. And so I think that discussion can be good too, of, um, not wearing the mask, but also well, I think we can go, our culture is just so wired for extremes. So then we run away from the mask and do the other extreme. Yeah. <laughs> like I think what you show naming. up that day at church and just start telling everyone you run into right. about the argument. And, that, and that's not, it's not that binary. It's but, not that yeah. binary. I was going to say what you're naming is the safe space, uh-huh. you know, and those are few and far between and it's not everywhere. Yeah. Right. But it's finding those safe spaces that you can share um, and those safe people that you can share with. And the other place, I mean, that's uh, outside of church that you wear a mask a lot of times is social media, oh, you know, yeah. and that's the one that I think everyone knows is like, eh, is this real or not? And oftentimes it's not. All, every picture is a smiley, happy picture. And the reality is there's a lot more behind the scenes, but that's like culturally, yes. I mean, the biggest pose that exists. Yeah. And that's why I recently got off of social media permanently and, um, a big reason was because it was, I was so tempted to just present myself and I, you know, and it sounds like, like what Gabe, are you like in seventh grade or whatever, <laughs> but like I would find myself through the day thinking like, Ooh, what could I, yeah, yeah. what could I post? What could I present? <laughs> and like, how could I like shape people's yeah. thoughts about me? And I would think that guys, yeah. I mean, yeah. I would. And so I just recognized man, that's just not where I need to be right now. So I'm not, that's not a critique on everyone being on social media, but I think for me, it was just way too triggering of a, of a place from triggering in the, in the sense that I was tempted to mask up and Mm -hmm. be a false, present a false self. But I think Steve, you do have a good point that, you know, and Brian used the word safe place that there are layers of authenticity that, and that's just wisdom. Um, you know, that like we, it's really a few people that we can kind of share everything going on with. And then there's a little bit larger group that we can share more. And then there's, you know, with the, with the masses, you know, whatever that looks like we share less, but I do think we don't have, we don't have to wear a mask in any of those. It's possible that as we Mm -hmm. mature, we can still show up as a a version, an appropriately authentic version of our true selves. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm glad you said that. And it, to me, it just so vividly sparks this thought of really all we're talking about in all these episodes, sharing emotion, identifying masks and taking those off and being our real self. Really 
a lot of that in doing that with each other is just practice for us to be able to do that with God. Mm. And I think so much of this comes back to if we're going to have a real true relationship with God and actually experience the awesomeness that he's promised and offered us, it, it comes through interacting with him in this authentic way without the mask and sharing our true emotion with him. And so in the groups for me, so much of it, um, became this like a practice zone, not that that didn't matter, but like a place to practice how, how it should be with God, because, you know, um, I could experience this, this conversation in the past as, all right, add another thing to my Christian checklist. Got to take off my mask. Got to like, okay, got to make sure I, you know, and it's another gotta do thing. Whereas I think, I think I, I feel pretty confident that at the core of this is God saying, no, you actually, this is about experiencing joy and fulfillment. It's not just like something you got to do because that's what Christians got to do. And that, that to me just changes the whole, the whole framing and experience of it. Mm-hmm.